0: Well, it's been a a great pleasure and an honor for us to start reading our books. The first book is called The Booth, and it's all about having a quiet time in the presence of God every day. So many people I am meeting are in a state of stress, anxiety, even depression. This book, in just everyday language, will show you exactly how the Lord wants us to live. So I pray that this will bless you. We're doing it for no other reason, just so that you will get closer to Jesus Christ as your friend. Chapter 10, Home Time. I have just finished Billy Graham's latest book called Nearing Home, which really touched my heart very deeply. Graham is over 90 years old, and this book was written from the heart. Very challenging, indeed. He says that all his life he was taught how to die as a Christian, but no one ever taught him how he ought to live in the years before he died. As we know, growing old ain't for sissies. Graham says in his book that he is looking forward to home time, to heaven. He misses his wife, his best friend, for almost 64 years. With old age comes all the elements and physical disabilities that make it tough. But old age does not disqualify us from being significant in life. Finishing well is the most important attribute of a mighty man or woman of God. As you know yourself, in many sports, it's not the one who starts well who is the hero but the one who finishes first. If we look around us today, we see that the world is full of fatherless children. There is an acute shortage of grandfathers, especially godly and wise grandfathers. Often when a man gets to pension age, he literally gives up. He goes to the waiting room, and he waits to die. I hope that I will never be one of those sitting in the waiting room and waiting to die. I can honestly say to you that I am living life to the full at the moment. In fact, I am busier and have more purpose for living than I have ever had as a young man before I met Jesus Christ. Wisdom comes from God. You see, wisdom does not come from learning. Wisdom comes from God. And the more time you spend with God, the wiser you become, because the more of God is deposited into you. That is why you will find that older men and women are not so quick to criticize others. They move much slower, not because their bodies are getting frail, but because they have learned from the hard knocks that life has dealt them to take their time and to count the cost before they commit themselves to anything. They are no longer as impulsive as they used to be when they were young. The hardships of life teach a person to be more patient and more understanding. You find also that older people are less judgmental than those who are young. For them, it's not a case of black and white. There is more to it than that. When a young person would just condemn somebody out of hand, an older person may say, no, there must be another side to the story. For example, a young person would probably write off a drunk sitting on the pavement with a bottle of alcohol, But the older person would say something like, I wonder if that man had to go to war. You'll probably find that he is battling to come to grips with things that he saw or went through. Or maybe he lost a loved one and cannot reconcile himself with it, and instead is drowning his sorrows. There are always reasons for things, and it is just too easy to write people off. As you get older, you start to realize this. Graham says that God has a reason for keeping us here in old age. If He didn't, He would have taken us home to heaven far sooner. <laughs> Cherish the Bible now. One of my favorite photographs is of an old gentleman sitting in his rocking chair outside his log cabin reading his Bible. And that is synonymous to me for having a quiet time. It is no good waiting until you are old and aged and then learning to appreciate, love, understand, and cherish the Word of God. You have got to start reading it from a young age. At the moment, I have sitting on my desk in my quiet time room three different versions of the Bible. I have the King James Version, the New King James Version, and the New Living Translation. I also have a number of other versions in my bookcase and arm's length away. The reason is because I love to go through the Bible and compare different translations. The word of God becomes life to me. After all, Jesus said that he came to give us abundant life. John chapter 10 and verse 10. And I don't think it's just about being physically fit. I think it's also about being spiritually healthy. And that comes from years and years of hard training. Once again, Graham says in Nearing Home, That the best way to meet the challenges of old age is to prepare for them when you are younger, before you actually arrive. There is only one way to do that, and that is by learning to have a consistent, quiet time with God every day. Our helper and comforter. When you are young and wild and foolish, you feel like you can take on the world single-handedly. Well, that's how I felt anyway. But as you grow older, you realize that this is not actually possible. You can't do everything on your own. You need God's guidance, His strength, His continued support, and you learn to lean on Him, which is exactly what He wants. That is why He says in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, And I will give you rest. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. The sooner we realize this, the better. The Holy Spirit is known as the helper and comforter. Jesus said that, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. John chapter 16 and verse 7. Even though I was baptized in the Holy Spirit just after I gave my life to Christ in 1979, I feel that I have not given Him enough place in my life. And of course, that has been to my own detriment. He has been with me always. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into your life. But when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you get enveloped by Him. The outward signs are not just receiving a new language, which is very precious, but the power that goes with it. If we remember Peter, who was an absolute coward when it came to standing up for the Lord, was asked three times whether he was not one of the Galileans who followed Jesus. Peter denied it vehemently, saying he had nothing to do with this man, Jesus. Luke chapter 22, verses 54 to 62. Peter ran away like a rat in a slum. So what happened to Peter? He got baptized by the Holy Spirit in the upper room. After that, Peter went out into the public places in Jerusalem and preached the gospel. No less than 3,000 souls were added to the church as a result. This is a practical example of what happens when you embrace the Holy Spirit. To me, He is more than just a tremendous source of strength and power. He is a friend, a true friend that sticks closer than a brother. Just as the scriptures say, in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 24. I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit personally at Engedi, the place where King David hid when Saul was trying to kill him. The Feast of the Tabernacles is an event that the Jewish people celebrate in Israel every year. We had a visitation from the Holy Spirit, and it has changed my life completely. I can now say with Job, I know that my Redeemer lives, Job chapter 19 and verse 25, because of what took place there. I am totally renewed, so much so that even when I go jogging, which I usually do three times a week since coming back from Israel, When I get tired, the Holy Spirit strengthens me. I try to jog for two hours, and when I start tiring, I sing in a beautiful heavenly tongue that the Lord has given to me. My whole countenance changes, and I am physically strengthened and relaxed. I don't even feel the pain that comes after running long distances. Another example is when I leave home as I do quite frequently to preach the gospel. Jill doesn't come with me because she is an intercessor. She can't keep up with me in the rat race of a life that I live. It's anything but glamorous. And as I've said, I do get lonely being away from her. Since I've had this new encounter with the Holy Spirit, I don't feel as lonely and I don't feel fearful at all when Jill is left on the farm all by herself. I know that my Lord Holy Spirit is with her, just as He is always with me. He is the third person in the Holy Trinity, and we really need to cultivate our relationship with Him. The best way to do that is to spend time with Him in His presence. and That is where we come back to our quiet time. When we have an intimate relationship and fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we get to know Him and to hear His still voice speaking in our hearts. We learn to know His character, the things that He would approve of, and the things He doesn't like. The more time you spend with God, the better you get to know Him. The stronger your relationship with Him will be. In nearing home... Billy Graham talks about going home, and he says that we can actually prepare for old age by developing our relationship with God. If our loved ones do go home ahead of us, we will find that we are not as devastated as we might otherwise be. Some people cannot spend five minutes on their own, and they start to panic. I have come to the stage where I just love to spend time with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes Jill has come in to get me out of my quiet time room and tell me to go and do something else because she is all for a balanced life. I feel this way too, but my relationship becomes so sweet and so intense that it's an absolute pleasure to be on my own with God. Andrew Murray wrote, Oh, the thought of having God all alone to myself and knowing that God has me all alone to himself. Never too busy to talk. It is remarkable to think and to know that the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, the busiest person in creation, is prepared to come and sit for a couple of hours, and speak with us. There is no one busier than Him. He is in charge of the entire universe and all other ones that we don't even know about, and yet He's willing to listen to us and to hear about our expectations, our visions, our dreams, and also our fears and shortcomings. It is something truly magnificent. Can you imagine if your hero, whether a famous athlete, a pop star, or a politician, said they were coming to visit you for a few hours? How would you react? I can assure you, you'd be dressed in your finest clothes. You would ensure that there were no telephones ringing, and you'd put up a big sign telling people that you were busy. You would take no interruptions whatsoever because you'd want to give your hero your absolute and undivided attention. Well, the creator of heaven and earth is wanting to have fellowship with you every single day. And he is such a gracious God. He is even prepared to take your leftovers. Even if you give him only half an hour, he will gladly take it. The amazing thing is that we are prepared to give time to other people, some of whom we don't even know. But when it comes time to the one who died for us on the cross for us, the one who gave us eternal life, the one who gave us new hope, the one who canceled all our sins, we are often too busy to speak to Him. We need to rectify this if we want to have a life that is full and abundant. Loneliness. Loneliness is one of the worst situations to be in while walking the road of life. This book is about facing up to reality. It is not a froth and bubbles book about pie in the sky. I am trying to be as honest as possible with God and myself, and hopefully it will be of assistance to you. Super spiritual people have said to me that a Christian should never be lonely if he knows Jesus as Lord and Savior. I disagree, because even the Master himself was desperately lonely in the Garden of Gethsemane. He asked His disciples to stay awake and to pray with Him, even for an hour, but they couldn't. Thus, it is very possible for a believer to be lonely. I heard a heart-wrenching story of an elderly widow staying all alone in a little flat in one of those high-rise skyscrapers in one of the major cities of the world. Allegedly, the milkman saw that the woman hadn't collected the milk from her front door for a week. The bottles were piling up, so he called the police. They broke in to find the old soul lying in her bed. There was a notebook on her bedside table, and every entry each day for the past month read, No one came today. In the coroner's report, the cause of death was listed as loneliness. People who have regular quiet times with Jesus are never really lonely. One of my biggest inspirations was Auntie Peggy O'Neill. She was our intercessor for many years at Shalom Ministries. She was an elderly woman who was physically handicapped. She lost one leg from the knee downwards because of sugar diabetes. She had trouble with blood pressure. She had had cancer and many other illnesses. And yet, I never ever saw her as lonely. Eventually, she moved to a retirement home in Greytown because she needed specialized care. And I would visit her as often as I could. Whenever I would visit with her, in her small room, big enough only for one bed and a chair, she always had her Bible right next to her. I never saw her in her last days ever looking as if she was lonely. She was so at peace. It always felt like if you went into her room, there was more than one person there. She had lots of company, and I'm sure a few angels were there for her too. Most of all, though, The Holy Spirit was her comforter. Because she had lost her husband many years before, Bob had gone to be with the Lord quite some time previously. She was quite comfortable on her own because she was never alone. She had a friend who sticks closer than a brother, the Holy Spirit. (coughs) Developing relationships. As you read this book, you might be a comparatively young person. And I want to encourage you. I want to urge you to develop that relationship with our Lord Holy Spirit. As you do this, you will be investing in your pension for your old age. Because like Billy Graham, whose loved one Ruth has gone to be with the Lord, the fact that he has a living relationship with the Holy Spirit is what keeps him comforted. Just the other day, I spoke to someone who is close to Graham, and they said that he is battling with his hearing and even his sight, but that he is still at peace. If you pick up a copy of his book, Nearing Home, the front cover shows a photograph of Graham. He is sitting reading his Bible. Quite clearly, a man who is familiar with being on his own for long stretches of time. I too am familiar with hotel rooms, motel rooms, and the homes of people I don't know well, and aeroplane flights where I spend lots of time on my own. Of course, the next extreme is to be in the presence of multitudes of people. So it's a real seesaw, roller coaster life that I seem to be living at the moment. The only thing that keeps me sane is my quiet time with Jesus. It is definitely not something that is hard for me to do. After preaching for long periods of time, I actually hunger for time on my own in the quietness of a room where I can just speak to the Holy Spirit. I talk to Him and more importantly, allow Him to speak to me and encourage me. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Beast.